Hey everyone, big news. Up Next in Commerce is now available for sponsorship. If you love this show and you, or maybe your company, or someone in your network that you know may want to reach an audience of supremely smart e-commerce leaders, then reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and I'll give you all the juicy details around what our strategic partnerships look like. Email me at stephanie at mission.org and let's chat. Welcome to Up Next in Commerce, the show that takes you to the front lines of what's happening in digital, retail, and beyond, with conversations from fast-growing startups to the Fortune 500 and everything in between. You'll get a glimpse into what's next. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, the co-founder and CEO of Mission.org, and I'll be your guide through all the trends, innovations, and hot topics in the world of commerce. There are lots of conflicting views around NFTs and Web3, as well as an onslaught of mixed messaging on that topic from the mainstream media. Even on this show, I'm sure you have heard many of the executives that I speak to have very different opinions, which is why I'm so excited to talk to Avery Akinini, the president of Vayner3, a Web3 consultancy focused on guiding global enterprises in the next iteration of consumer behavior. We dove deep into the world of NFTs and Web3, and I asked all the questions that have been top of mind for me. Avery shared her perspective on the NFT market today, how enterprises can navigate the complexities of this new frontier to build brand value, and why thinking globally should be a priority over the coming years. If you've been wondering how to think about NFTs and what to consider as you explore this market, this episode is for you. What are business leaders thinking about when they aren't winning a business? Family, travel, the latest TV show? Yes, yes, and maybe. But how about quirky business opportunities or little discussed financial trends or maybe even plant medicine benefits and alternative wellness? Mission Daily is back, baby, and our flagship podcast is better than ever. Mission Daily is the podcast for the business builder, the thoughtful marketer, the team manager, the blue-collar worker looking for new ways to think about life, finances, and health. This is for the people who want to break the status quo and laugh a little or a lot along the way. Join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we address the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't often talk about. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Avery, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. I'm super excited. Really honored to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me, Stephanie. And thanks everybody who is taking the time to tune in. Yeah. So I would love to always start with a bit of background on who you are, where you came from, and how you ended up where you are today, if you could. Of course. So I'm Avery, and I guess I come from Nashville, Tennessee. That's where I'm originally from. I'm currently uh, living in Miami, Florida. And over the past 20 years, I've been all over the place, from San Diego to San Francisco to New York to Singapore and now Miami. Uh, And I've been in the Web3 space for just a little over a year full time and been interested in the crypto world for the last five years. So I'm honored to be here today to chat with you all about all things commerce and Web3. Yeah, I'm really excited because this is a constant conversation I'm having throughout all of the episodes. But oftentimes, I don't get to go like super deep. And so when I saw you coming up on the show, I was like, Oh, finally, we're going to go in all the places I always want to go. Um, so first, I want to hear, why were you drawn into this field? I think you said five years ago. Like, what was that pull? 
I was first introduced to the crypto world actually through uh, a friend of mine who was really interested in all things Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. He kind of brought it up to me as an investment vehicle. And he, you know, was talking to me a little bit about like how he believed that blockchain and all of the sort of supporting and surrounding technologies for crypto were going to change the way that our financial system operated. So I became interested in that and invested a little bit of money very passively. I first started to do my homework on Bitcoin and Litecoin and then a little bit of Ethereum. And the more I learned, the more I started to genuinely believe that blockchain was going to change uh, everything beyond just the financial services world. But the way that humans interact um, with each other, with the Internet and over the last several years, um, I was sort of like, you know, I saw the the cycles of crypto happen and was sort of part of those from a distance and, and tracking what happened and tracking the number of times that crypto has died, according to the mainstream media. But I wasn't very involved with it sort of professionally uh, outside of some like exploratory dabbles of, of blockchain and in the context of media buying um, until late 2020, early 2021, when my boss, Gary V, first started to get interested in what was happening with NBA Top Shot and also CryptoPunks, um, which he was actually introduced to through Kevin Rose. Yep. I've listened to quite a few episodes with Kevin Rose, and he is hilarious and very smart. <laughs> very, very, very smart. Um, so I think, you know, I have to credit my friend who originally got me into Ethereum for even having ETH to, to get in this game. Um, and then secondarily, uh, to Gary for for really putting our attention on this and our focus on this as a company. So in 2021, um, as we did more research and homework and started to understand NFTs, we started to focus narrowly in, in the NFT world and creating a utility-backed NFT that, um, you know, in, in Gary's words, really became the blueprint for how a lot of other organizations started to think about their NFT programs, not just as digital collectibles, but really as key to an experience or an activation or a membership um, beyond just sort of that digital asset. So we launched Vayner NFT in July of 2021 and had the opportunity to partner with some of the world's leading brands and enterprises to think through their own strategies as it related to NFTs. We learned a lot during that time, but what we also learned was that NFTs are really just the tip of the iceberg as it relates to the broader Web3 opportunity, which is multidimensional and in, you know includes everything from you know, consumer blockchain applications to cryptocurrency to metaverse builds and experiences to physical um, events and experiences that can be uh, token gated through through NFTs. So we started to get this much broader purview over the past year, and we actually just renamed ourselves last week um, to Vayner Three, which is the evolution of of where we've come and also where we're going uh, with our partners. I love that. So I do want to hear about that evolution of the space because I. I solve your you know rebranding i was like oh brilliant of course they don't want to just be boxed into nfts there's so many other things going on and nfts is just a piece of that strategy but what does it look like behind the scenes i mean what are some of maybe the larger projects that you're thinking about or what are you working on with your clients because it feels like you guys have always been very early i mean it feels like gary is always early to most of the spaces and then everyone has to kind of catch up so like where are you guys playing in this space now and what are you excited about that's a really astute observation that Gary's usually very, very far ahead of where enterprises are thinking. But yeah. I think that where we are focusing our attention and effort now is really enterprise level um, opportunities, whether that is helping financial services companies understand what's happening in the world of, of DeFi, 
helping companies think about launching their own tokens, helping enterprises educate their organization on all things Web3 and right where the opportunity is for them to play, launching immersive experiences and NFT programs that help build brand while delivering community value. Those are the things that we're doing. And it's shifted from just being sort of outward facing with drops and projects to inward facing with education, strategy, and consulting for these enterprises. Because if you think about it, um, some of these corporations have been around for centuries and they can't move at the speed of Vayner, but it's important for them to be very thoughtful with each move they do make to make sure they're doing things that are built for the long term. So we're doing a lot more sort of consulting behind the scenes work of, you know, opportunity sizing and risk assessments and, you know, helping onboard the right partners to really bring meaningful things to life. So that's a little bit of where we've shifted. While, of course, we still are are working across specific activations with partners who are committed to this space for the long term. In the next year, you'll see way more playbooks and thought leadership from Vayner3 and less so sort of activation-based drops as we're sort of evolving into really focusing on enterprise-grade applications of Web3. Love it. I also want to hear your perspective on the market right now, because if anyone goes and they look at the news, they're going to be like, like you said, crypto is dying. It's the end of Bitcoin. I mean, Ethereum's down. Everything's down. NFTs are dead. I mean, from my viewpoint, I actually feel like this kind of bear market is the perfect time to actually see what matters and like what has a utility function and what is going to be here in like 10 years, you know, and the hype stuff has kind of gone away. But how are you advising the clients who probably outwardly facing are seeing all this news and they're like, I don't even want to get into this space because it's full of hype and fraud and, you know, nothing is behind these NFTs. Like, how do you kind of show them that maybe now is actually a good time to kind of dip their feet in? It's exactly how we're thinking about it. So I think that the evolution of crypto um, happens in micro cycles, right? There's different rise of specific things, whether it's art, sports, gaming, collectibles, specific types of coins that are accelerating, specific types of communication channels that are moving. The market development happens in sort of these micro cycles, which lead to this like macro waves. And um, in the past 18 months, we've seen a lot of people join the space. And we also saw a lot of speculative buying with the sort of thinking, sort of hype induced buying, a lot of money flying around. And that created some opportunities for projects to really succeed and thrive and build new communities, launch intellectual property. And, you know, some of the Blue chips in the NFT world are great examples of this, whether we're talking about Friends or World of Women or Board Ape Yacht Club. Some real communities being built um, during this, this past bull run. At the same time, we also saw some bad behavior that was like, you know, crazy money being made and, and sucked out of the ecosystem based on things that weren't necessarily like real and tangible, also by people who weren't necessarily business operators. You know, we mentioned um, Kevin Rose at the beginning of, of this podcast, and he's a great example of someone who's a proven business operator who's done this many times over. Same thing when you're looking at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk or, or Bobby Hundred, some of the founders who've jumped into this world of Web3 and looking to, to build a new community and build a new business um, that leverages this technology, but is not just based on the hype cycle. So a lot of sort of Web2 innovators have come into this space. Britt Morin's another great example, who founded MyBFF with Jamie Schmidt. So I think we are seeing a lot of these like real operators thrive during these conditions, while a lot of the people who got here on hype or, you know, got here by being in the right place at the right time um, are struggling to adapt to the conditions and be able to sort of weather this bear. For an enterprise, I think now can be the right time to get involved if you're doing something that has a very clear and specific utility. Whether that is getting access to, you know, a 
members only chat or getting access to an exclusive experience or a specific merch drop. There needs to be a utility on the back end because I think the digital collectible era, um, we've we've evolved past that uh, as an industry. And while art will always have, art is the utility, art for art's sake will be the utility. That's a very small fraction of what the entire NFT market will, will become in the future. So now's a great time for companies who believe in this space to come in without commercial intentions. And I say without commercial intentions because... I think what we've seen in the recent weeks is many enterprises who are coming in trying to make money right now are going to learn the hard way that now is not the time for that. Whether we're talking about one of the largest auto manufacturers in the world, you know, not getting any bids on their first NFT, or we're talking about, you know, large retail manufacturers selling 24 out of 10,000 pieces, we're seeing a lot of cautionary tales in brand land. But at the same time, we're seeing success cases by those who are really looking to add value to this ecosystem without looking to extract immediately. The ledger uh, market pass uh, actually just sold out. You know, even in a tough market, we're seeing success cases. We're seeing Nickelodeon do well during these times. We're seeing a lot of other sort of wins. Lacoste is another great example um, for brands who are doing so in a thoughtful way that provides a direct utility to consumers. So it's a great time for brands to explore if they have a value, or if they're looking to do something that gets them into the community without immediate commercialization. But it's not a great time if their intentions are purely commercial, given where the state of the market is today. And I think it's an even better time for brands and enterprises to really learn, to listen, 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 and learn what is driving people into cryptocurrency, what is driving people into the world of Web3, and understand the subculture of people who are deeply passionate about this. I think tapping into that super relevant subculture and understanding the motivations are important so that these enterprises can get themselves ready for the next iteration of the internet, which is Web3. So we're spending a lot of time in education, consulting, and strategy modes without feeling like now is you know, the time to really push into uh, commercialization for folks who haven't been been part of this before. Yeah, that's an awesome take. I know you've talked also about how it's a great way to understand your customer in a way that you couldn't before. Tell me a bit about that, because that to me doesn't feel like you're going to commercialize anything as long as you do it in the right way. So what kind of data do you think is smart to help you understand your customer? And how do you kind of go about that without it feeling like it's like a commercial project that you're just like, yes, give me all your data. I just want to take everything. Again, it comes back to really giving more than you're taking. So in the example of you know leveraging NFTs as a, a way to get a deeper relationship with your consumers, I'll give an example for the VFriends um, Compete and Collect cards. So uh, this was an NFT mint that you know consumers could buy a VFriends Series 2. And with that, you have the option to fill out your information, your shipping address, your you know personal information, and then you get a set of these Compete and Collect cards, which is a game that Gary's created with zero cool, they come in this nice little green box. Very fun. Without giving away too much information, the vast majority of people who, who purchased the NFT filled that out. And that then gives a CRM system that is people who are interested in this BeFriends ecosystem. Over the last 20 years, you know, we both worked at Google, retargeting and interest-based targeting became so ubiquitous with how people use the internet. And that's really the currency for how the digital economy runs is all through ads, right? And it's actually a bit of a broken system where consumers don't necessarily realize that they are the product. And, you know, in order to access all of these services, 
they're being targeted everywhere they go online. And I think some of uh, the frustration here actually has given rise to this pseudonymous or anonymous trend that we see in the world of Web3, where people don't want to KYC and they don't want to give away their data and they prefer to remain anonymous. So I think that leveraging NFTs is a way to better understand your consumer, what's in their wallet, sometimes even the information like where they live, what they're interested in, if they're willing to give that to you. This is a great way to do so in a way that's very transparent. That transparency really matters and that sort of consensual data collection really matters for brands. I work with a ton of CPG and consumer companies where their products are primarily sold through retailers and they don't have that direct-to-consumer connection. So NFTs can allow them to have a deeper connection to their consumers and the consumers are happy to have that two-way engagement if they're getting utility on the back end. They're happy to say like, great, I can share a little bit more about me if I'm getting access to something that I find valuable. And I think as we see cookies continue um, to just fade into obsolescence, smart ways to engage consumers in consensual data collection really, really matters. And and one platform I'll, I'll speak to as being very interesting is Salesforce, because Salesforce runs the largest cloud system um, of CRM and they're, what they're building in the world of NFTs and what, they, what they're doing with their Web3 Studio team has the potential to really create meaningful connections between brands um, and their consumers all sort of powered through a system that is enterprise grade. Yeah, yeah, I will plus one on Salesforce. I mean, they are a sponsor of, you know, a couple of our podcasts. So oh, we get great. to kind of get an inside peek in what they're doing. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That was not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. They, uh, we just talked to their head of Web3 Studio. Maybe I botched his title. But anyways, hearing what they were doing, it just made me even more impressed because I feel like the way they're experimenting is very different than other companies and the different partners they're bringing on, like in this very strategic manner, they're getting to see kind of like, what's happening? Like, how can you make this an actual function of your business without just seeing technology and trying to apply it? Like, how can you make this useful to your company? Love it. So I want to hear, I mean, when thinking about the space, I just want to hear like one case study of like, what is something you see right now happening with these maybe larger enterprises that you're like, this is a perfect example. Like, I love to kind of like get into the weeds of like a company was looking to do this and they did this. Because I mean, I talked to quite a few, I'd say Fortune 1000 executives on this show, and I hear right now so often them talking about, oh, we just need to focus on building the foundation. And many of them, when I hear that, I'm like, well, if you just focus on your foundation, then you might miss this whole other thing because you're building for the wrong foundation. And so I'm always kind of like thinking about this like chicken and the egg problem of like, I feel like you might be missing it if you don't at least explore what's going on over here. So how, I mean, when you're working with these larger companies, like what is an example where you're like, this company came in, they wanted advice around this and we kind of explored it this way and we ended up here. And you can keep the company name anonymous if you want to. Awesome. So I'll give you an example of, uh, of one partner who I think is, has been very thoughtful around their approach and that's PepsiCo. So PepsiCo has you know dozens of billion dollar companies underneath them. Um, and with that, they have a lot of risk associated with doing anything um, in the Web3 space. So we started working with them and VaynerMedia has worked with PepsiCo for over a decade, many, many years. Um, and we first started to, to chat with them about this opportunity about a year ago to just understand what's happening in this ecosystem. They really did their, you know, we did education sessions with all of the different brand teams so they could really understand what was happening then. And we've kept up that education and ongoing dialogue and discussion. And we did three sort of core programs with them over the past year, one for Pepsi Mic Drop, which was one of the most successful free mints like ever done by a brand. Um, and they've continued that program in different directions from VCon to the Billboard Music Awards. 
one for LifeWater, which actually um, supported a program that they were um, already doing with these um, incredible Black artists, but brought it into the sort of world of NFTs um, by partnering with two incredible Black NFT artists with all the proceeds going to benefit them and, you know, some nice media support and coverage, which, you know, sold out very quickly. Um, and then third, a program we just did with Gatorade, where, um, you know, it supported their Player of a Year program by actually bringing this into the world of NFTs and honoring and commemorating their 20-something player of the years um, with these NFTs that are essentially like their, their blockchain-based rookie cards. Um, and they were $5 per pack, and each one of them, um, each dollar actually went to support uh, Good Sports, which is a foundation that, that Gatorade works with. So the reason I bring them up is they really spent the time to like listen and learn is what's happening here and how can they add value. They didn't think about making money on this. They really thought about it as an engagement platform that can help extend their campaigns in a new direction. And, you know, experimenting with three different brands to get learnings and sort of fuel the next phase of of what they're looking to do, which is a little bit more of a serious strategic approach across their whole organization where they're, you know, escalating things like legal and financial considerations to the right stakeholders because they've gotten some sort of curiosity. Now they're taking that curiosity and initial learnings and shifting that into a broader strategic approach. I think that's a that's a really good example of one where a foundation has been laid that's sort of built on this continued desire to learn and to add value to consumers. There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're going to go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't talk about publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. Yeah, yeah, those are good examples. I mean, they're not just picking something brand new to work on and be like, let's just apply NFTs to it or apply like this new technology. They're kind of morphing it into things that they already had and yeah, weren't trying to commercialize it. So I love that. I do want to now shift over to like the community element of it. I think my mind, that's like top of mind for me right now because I'm reading this book called The Network State. I don't know if you've heard of it from Balaji from A16Z, but it's all around like how to create new communities of the future. Of course, a lot of it is based off of you know, using things like blockchain and possibly having NFTs and all that. How do you think about, you know, community building over the next decade or so? Or because things are moving so quickly, maybe the next like two to three years? You know, similar to what we saw in Web2, where there were a lot of brands who understood social and were able to leapfrog their larger competition, we're going to see the same thing happen with startups who really understand Web3 and they're able to leapfrog their competition by doing it better, faster, sharper, more strategically. I haven't read that book. I'll have to check it out. But uh, it sounds like something that I'd be very aligned to because I believe a lot of the fundamental principles that are are driving this sort of movement into Web3 will become incredibly important for companies to sort of deeply understand it. And those who apply it well will have the opportunity to really gain this competitive advantage. Um, Those who try to cling to the old ways will have to sort of be brought along just like in any sort of tech 
movement that happens, you know, the companies who are very resistant to create a website or very resistant to create social or, you know, back in the day, very resistant to go from the radio to TV. Those are always the ones that you, like people say, innovate or die. And this is the next innovation arena. Got it. So are there any ways that you guys are exploring kind of pulling together a community around a brand right now when it comes to this? And is there anything that you see working? Because that's something I hear a lot from the different folks who come on this show is like everyone's focused on building a community, but the way they're going about it, it's all very different. And so I feel like this is like a perfect way to kind of pull in your community and whether it's tokenize it or, you know, however you want to do it. But yeah, I think so. I want to give it like a little bit of context where when we're talking about the communities that exist in Web3 today, they're very small, Mm -hmm. very, very small, especially if you're an enterprise brand um, that you might have double digit millions of email subscribers. We're talking about building community with 5,000 people. It's it's tiny. Even the most successful discords, we're talking like 25 or 50,000 people. Yeah. But the most valuable people. I mean, to me, that's like the difference now. It's like your thousand true fans, Kevin Kelly style, like those are the ones you want anyways. <laughs> exactly. That's just what I was going to say is I think you are building this 1,000 true fans model that starts small and starts super relevant and then expands. So we're at this point now where it's smaller numbers, but it's super engaged people. And Discord's a great example of this, right? Like having, you know, a million Discord followers versus uh, 10,000 Discord members and having a very active Discord can actually generate like more learnings for you than just sort of having a large social following because you have these people who are super engaged, giving you feedback. So now is an amazing time to double down on the people who are really engaged in a part of your Web3 community because they can be your focus group. They have mutually aligned incentives to your brand. They want to see your program grow. They want to see more people come into it. They want to see more value created. With this, I think the tension that brands are feeling right now, based on the more enterprise side, is so much of it's been hyper-financialized in the past year. That is a little bit tricky if you're a brand and you're hearing a CMO worry about something like floor price. What our objective is right now is to build these communities that exist for more than just sort of immediate financial gain, to really get those 1,000 true fans who want to be engaged with the brand on a deeper level, regardless of the, the floor price. So we're seeing some of that happen right now. And that tension um, is actually very apparent, like really at this moment where brands who jumped in early saw a lot of price appreciation. Now they're sort of looking to mesh that with the people who really want to be there and really help build their brand. In the future, I believe that NFTs, there'll be the next loyalty program, right? Just like we used to have punch cards that it went to email. Now it's going to this world of, of sort of tokenized experiences that you can collect over time. And as your digital identity becomes more and more important, having this exist on the blockchain starts to really matter. Yeah, love it. Okay. So we're about to run out of time. Eventually, I need to get you back for a round two. Um, but the last thing I want to end it with is, what is one thing that you believe that maybe even Gary doesn't agree with you on? And it can be about the future. It can be about this world of Web3. Like, what's maybe a more contrarian view you have? And you can give me a high level why, but then we can just get you back for round two to really dive deeper into it. <laughs> that is an amazing question. What is one thing that Gary doesn't agree with me on? We agree on a lot of things. And I will say that Gary is like a super supportive manager and person who all like, if I have conviction on something, he'll always let me at least try it. Okay. Even if he's like, hmm, okay, we might've had a, a slightly different approach. You know, one thing that I think we have had our, our like differences of opinion on is the prioritization of global. You know, I used to run our Asia Pacific business and I am such a believer that a lot of the future of brand building is going to be happening in Asia. and because we're American and because a lot of Gary's like sort of really diehard community base is American, 
we really focused our first efforts in North America. I believe that in you know the next 12, 18, 24 months, we'll be taking those efforts global. So I think that the opportunity for NFTs is so tremendously important globally because of the leapfrog effect. I think just the same way that we saw, you know, African countries really adopt mobile banking like more, mm-hmm. like quicker than Americans have. They like even. skip the point of sale. They're like, bye, don't need that. Exactly. So I think that um, emerging markets could be the real mover for some of these NFT programs and adoption. That's great. I mean, I you'll love that book then, The Network State, because it talks just about that. Like borders don't matter anymore. And I think they even have in there like over 70% of the internet users will be English speaking Indians within the next decade. And so I'm like, that's a good stat. That sticks with me. Okay, amazing. See, I'm going to be very aligned with the book. Yeah. All right. Well, Avery, uh, until next time, where can people learn more about you and what you all are up to at Vayner3? Follow us along on Twitter at Vayner3. You can follow us um, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and you can check out our website. We also do a lot of different learning resources. So I encourage everyone who's curious about learning more in all things Web3 to check out Vayner3.com um, in our learn page where we do a bunch of different content, white papers, video series. We'd love to, to be part of your education journey. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.